Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I'm Blake Fisher. I'm joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons. And today we are talking about uh, Sum 41's debut album, right, Kyle? Yeah. This is their first album, right? Yeah. Debut album, All Killa No Filla. Uh, And uh, Kyle's going to tell us about the album because he did the quote unquote research for it. Tell us about it, Kyle. What is up, my dudes? Um, Okay, so... I'm just gonna hit the uh, hit the good stuff for you real quick. Some fun facts. So this came out May eighth, two thousand and one, way back in the day. Um, it was produced by Jerry Finn, which I don't know how, but I didn't know that until until pretty much we decided I did to do not know this that record. Until right now, and and yeah. it makes a lot of sense. The record sounds great. Makes perfect sense. Um. One thing before like we get into all this, I do want to say that I think that this is I mentioned this to Blake off off uh microphone. Um, off pod. Yeah, off pod. Which we almost never do. We, we ne- almost never. Night, yeah, so. that's true. We hate but, each other real life. <laughs> <laughs> but uh this I it's really fun that we're doing this one after Good Charlotte because it's like a tale of two records. Um yeah. like same genre you know, rabid fan bases. And I just think, um, I think that these guys made a better record, but we'll, we'll get into that later. Um, so great thing about this record, freaking 32 minutes long, which is crazy because before this, they did put out an EP called half hour of power. And it's like, okay, so now you put out an album that's two minutes longer than a half hour. Um, Anyway, so they recorded it with Jerry Finn, um, and Derek Wibley said that going into this, that Rancid, Elvis Costello, The Beatles, and Pennywise, and also, of course, Green Day, were big influences on him. Um, At the time, uh, Absolute Punk described the album as the album your parents don't want you to discover at age 11 when you're just starting to think about that school is bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the only thing that really matters is ridiculously cute girls who honestly treat you like shit. <laughs> uh, the lyrics are broad enough that everyone can relate to them, but specific enough that each song makes you think a, of a certain person or situation in your life. Um, and, and I agree with that. I actually think that's pretty well said. Um, vague. We'd put that in the good review column. That's oh, an and, accurate and, and, review, and, I feel yeah. like. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know... I didn't pull up a bad review, but this album wasn't reviewed well at first. And yeah. to defend, I think, where we will go with this podcast, it it has been looked upon back upon fondly. So people have corrected their their earlier opinions on this record. I think as, you know as often happens. Well, with we're, good we're, record, right? we're talking two thousand and one. I think a lot of people thought Flash in the Pan, you know what I mean? Like this is just another pop punk band. And and I think especially because of the way they came onto the scene with Fat Lip. Um, That's the first single released in April of 2001 and definitely not a good representation of what the rest of the record sounds like and also not quite like anything else at the time. So I I think it was a brilliant move at getting people's attention. Um, Pop Punk was already big, but like, it was definitely, you know, it was special. It was, it was unique. Um, so it was released on March eighth. Ended up going almost double platinum, which 
pretty awesome. Uh, it, went, crap, it went. It went. Right. Yeah. It went. Uh, it went platinum in Canada, but like, don't get excited about that. That was like fifty thousand records. Um, yeah, I was like, I like that. Every, different countries have these different levels platinum of what a. they call platinum. Uh, I remember, I, I remember learning that because it's like someone someone had posted that they went platinum in Canada, and I was like, wow. Looked it up. It, it may not be fifty thousand. Maybe one of you guys could research it for me. But it's it's way less than a million. Um, yeah, yeah. There's so there's several people that have like uh, they have lower standards. Gold, they call yeah. Um, well, they got fewer people. To be fair, yeah, that's true. You know. Um, percentage wise and, and so like uh i was gonna say just to give you an idea entertainment weekly gave it a c plus um rolling stone gave it three which i mean all, all things considered that's a pretty solid review from rolling stone um they do five right yeah they do five rolling stars five stars um yeah. but rolling stone then kind of redacted that and and went back and said hey this is this is one of the 51 most essential pop punk albums of all time. And it was listed at number 34 on the 36 pop punk albums that you need to hear before you effing die list. Um, okay. Yeah. So certified platinum. Of course, I don't trust anything Rolling Stone says, but whatever. No, no. <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, it, it says that it, it had not great reviews, but I mean, for Rolling Stone, three stars. Not so bad. It's not bad. Um, yeah. Anyway, All, Co- All Killer No Filler was among the top 20 best-selling albums by Canadian bands in Canada of all time. And I don't know if you guys... I'm, I'm probably going to say this wrong because I don't really follow the band, but I because I remember their disgusting album covers, the punk band... I'm going to call them Gob. Is that wrong? Oh yeah, that's a huge Canadian band. It is right? a huge Canadian band, that pop punk band, and it yeah, just yeah, yeah. it was one it, for whatever like whatever reason, whatever kind of pop punk they were playing. Maybe it was because they're gross covers. I was like, no, I'm not listening to this. So, um, yeah, it wasn't my style for sure. Yeah, and I would call it Job now after Arrested Development. Yeah, but. totally. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that these these guys were big fans and actually supported them, and then became way picker. So. Yeah, as happens a lot of times in those kind of situations. And uh, and Derek Wibley goes on to you know marry Avril Lavigne. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we've had a we've had we normally don't delve a lot into the personal lives, but we we've should. had like a few episodes in a row where uh, some celebrity couple matching going on between. You mentioned Good Charlotte a bit ago, and we mentioned it in that episode because they're both married to famous ladies and. He married well, Avril Lavigne, and then she <laughs> he, she left him for the dude from Nickelback. She left him for Chad is, Kroger. Which, by the way, the best the best version of us bringing up Nickelback <laughs> on this podcast is uh, that he got freaking dumped for that dude. That's um, that would be the ultimate like Nickelback joke, except uh, at the expense of him. Also, I think it explains a lot about his uh, his struggles. <laughs> getting left yeah. for freaking Chad Kroger. Oh, that would do it. That would do a number on you. I um, think. I was going to tell you guys, I didn't know this, but Tommy Lee plays the drums on it's what we're all about. That's I cool. had no idea. Yeah, that That's is awesome. a pretty cool thing. That's a huge get for them. Now the thing is, uh, it doesn't mean anything to us because that's like a Japanese that's like a, a special track on the Japanese release and we're not going to get into that, but Tommy Lee played on their record, so that's pretty cool. Um, was, it, was that the song that was on the Spider-Man soundtrack? 
Uh, Ooh, good question. I, I don't, don't know. know. I okay. Maybe? We'll have to look I'll that up. I'll research that and put that in the notes. It's like a, a subtrack of the album since it's on the Japanese import, right? It kind of counts. Yeah. You're talking about Spider-Man 2? I, I don't know what the timing. Okay. What, one of the Spider-Mans is. Spider-Man oh, no, 2001. Spider <laughs> yes. That'd be the first one. Pre-Garfield. I know that. The the second one was the one with all the emo bands on it, though. I mean, it, literally, it had like Yellow Card, Taking Back Sunday. Okay, so that would line up a little better. Yeah. So that one would line up probably, but who knows? The internet probably does. The internet, yep. They'll know. <laughs> the internet knows. Uh, anything else, Kyle? Any other fun tidbits about it? I assume this is one of those with light information about it because yeah, I mean, not a, you normally know, a lot of information about people's first records. Yeah, there's not a lot. And honestly, like anything else that I know about them, I think we we can talk about in... It's not necessarily facts, but, you know, maybe first impressions. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Okay, well, let's go to first impressions then. So, Chris, let's go to you first. Let's. Uh, what were your first impressions of the record way back in 2001 when you were, uh, like, 19 years old? Yeah. Uh, you know, probably just like everybody else, I think I heard the you know, the lead single, which was fat lip and it was really cool and really punk. And, um, you know, blink 22 was, had already kind of exploded, but that like the, the second wave hadn't really was just, just coming in to shore <laughs> clumsy metaphor. Pardon. Um, <laughs> it's okay. We'll the, allow the it. The wave was crashing into my heart. No, but there were uh, a anyway. million pop punk bands. In it was starting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But this was just, I, I feel like yeah. they were the first, like maybe them and newfound glory were just like the first ones out of the gate. Um, so I, 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 I don't think I ever picked up the album. I think uh, a friend of mine uh, gave it to me. Um, and I mean, I was to it once or twice. I, I, I don't think it was my cup of tea. Like I was like super into it, but um, I absolutely loved the singles off of it. And I thought they were a great band. Kyle, what about you? First impressions. You know, I'm a little bit in the same boat, but one thing that I was going to say is I was a diehard uh, scene kid at heart. Maybe I wasn't like, you know, super fan girling, but like back then you could get a DVD, like these bands would release DVDs. That, oh my god <laughs> and 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 i i totally bought the sum 41 dvd and honestly it kind of ruined it for me like i was way too straight edge of a kid to get into this band these dudes were partiers and like big time i mean like that was their thing they they wanted to party and play rock and roll and now, as an adult, like I look back and I'm like, man, you know what? Because I, I believe these dudes are close to our age. So as an adult, yeah. I'm like, you know what? Good for them. They they freaking carpeed the DM. But um, <laughs> at the well, time. Well, and carved out a niche for themselves, too. They, I mean, it's they like. Did. And, and, you know, yeah. I mean, obviously, I think I think Derek has sh struggled with addiction after that. So, like, you know, maybe maybe he wouldn't look back fondly at it. But, like, I definitely look back more fondly. On on this now that I did then I was I was just too straight edge man I didn't do anything and so it was like it, it was off putting for me to see a band come up on the scene so quick and I when I was younger and and wrongly so I equated that kind of behavior with people not being serious about their craft and really for all we know it, I mean actually. 
I don't think it's much speculation to say that it was part of their shtick. You know, it was part right. of what they were selling. Oh, it def- definitely. So yeah. I liked it. Initially, I really thought Fat Lip was cool. I bought the DVD and saw like how hard these dudes partied. And I was like, no, this is not this is not the band for me. I listened to the album. I thought it was good, but it was it wasn't anything that. Um, it wasn't anything that like, um, I don't know. It, it wasn't Blink-182. It wasn't right. it, it, it wasn't anything like that, even though it sold 2 million copies. And I was one of them. It just wasn't anything. I was over them before I was super into them, just because of the party lifestyle. So That's and, fair. And that's I, boring of me. I liked it a lot. It was kind of weird, because you guys liked punk stuff before I did, for sure. Because really... Uh, just just based on just the slight bit of younger that I am uh, to you guys, you know, like I liked Green Day, but I didn't have Dookie myself because I mean, that came out when I was in fourth grade, I think. <laughs> that was a funny sentence. So you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I, didn't have, I didn't have Dookie myself. But you know, I'd heard it because all my friends had it and, you know, I, I liked it, but it it what it didn't, like Blink-22 is the first thing that like grabbed me and kind of after that, I kind of went all in on it. And so like really anything that someone recommended I was kind of all in on. And so this would be one of them that I really liked, uh, this first record. Um, and it's probably cause like I was in the same boat as you, Kyle, like I, it, the party thing. But again, I don't care that much about lyrics a lot of the time. So it just, these are really good melodies and good songs. And, uh, and I thought they were unique and stuff. And I kind of forgot how big they were. Yeah. Um, until I was like, listening to this record again and going like, oh my gosh, yeah, this was a huge single. And I like, when you said double platinum, that still shocked me a second ago. Um, mm-hmm. Or almost double platinum. You know, because I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that like, it was like, at the, at the start of that wave. I mean, it was, you know, Sum 41 and, uh, and New Found Glory and Blink-22 and I mean, lots of other bands. Um, Good Charlotte, all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, but I really liked it. And and what's weird is that it just, I didn't, I don't know if I didn't like their second record or what changed, but like I literally didn't think about this record until you picked it, Kyle, <laughs> for this episode, which is weird because I li- listening to it again, I really liked it. So, you well, know, my first impressions were I really, I dug it. I definitely rocked it in the old 90 Corolla a lot back in 2001 um, and uh, with the windows down, the rock down and roll style. Which my daughter now laughs at anytime we're watching a movie and like someone has to crank a window down. She thinks that's so funny that oh, it doesn't weird. automatically roll down because she's never seen a car that has a crank that window. That car's down. not a robot. Yeah. Um, so, uh, which is funny because we were watching Bumblebee. That's actually what great movie uh, she was laughing at it in. So, um, yeah. So I liked it. I mean, I think that uh, it's got the right amount of production. I it sounds like a four piece band playing it doesn't feel overproduced it doesn't feel underproduced it's like just the right amount which jerry finn is really good at so it doesn't surprise me that uh when you said he produced it i'm like yep that that follows that makes all the all the sense in the world so um i I was gonna say something i have a theory guys and maybe we could add a picture in the show notes but uh the their bass player uh which they you know i think everyone in the band had nicknames except for Derek wibley but their bass player, Jason McCaslin, went by Cone. And if you look at pictures of Cone, I'm not so sure that he didn't grow up to be Machine Gun Kelly putting out pop oh punk records. <laughs> wow, that is dead on, dude. 
Like okay, uh, we'll, we will make Chris. You got to Photoshop that so we can throw it in the in the show notes. Just give me yes. get a, give me an image of them side by side because uh, I literally don't know what the basis from Sum Forty One looks. I like mean, now. he looks I like really, Machine Gun Kelly. Like Machine Gun Kelly okay. looks like Megan Fox's hot husband. Yeah, we're really uh, looping Transformers and uh, and Sum Forty One together in this episode. Hey, apparently, go, that's right. When we we hit on something like that, we usually ring that bell a few times. <laughs> Well, uh, I guess uh, if y'all don't have anything else to talk about first impressions, let's jump to track by track, if that works for you all. Uh, you know, normally I thought about skipping the intro because it's not <laughs> musical at all, but we'll play it anyway. So here's track one, which is Introduction to Destruction. Cool title. Children of the beast embrace to scorn and hate the human race. Consume the light that hugs the earth and aid the womb in giving birth to a group that will appear and guide you through this final year. The dark armies then will come when the song is 41. I mean, you guys are going to know my opinion on this. This got skipped every (laughs) single time I put this in because, like, there's nothing I hate more than a spoken word intro track. Like, there's it never. they've never held my interest. Some of my favorite records ever have them, and I hate them. And I hate it, and I skip it every time, and this would be one of them, too. Uh, Chris, what, what's your opinion? <laughs> Same. I mean, it gives me, like, the Vincent Price thriller vibes, and I, I kind of like the homage, but, yeah, that's not... Yeah, the difference there is that it was in the... Well, I guess he does it in the intro, too, but either way, that was... I don't know. It just felt really sticky to me, but... Um, <laughs> where are you at, Kyle? Guys, I strongly disagree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this totally got me pumped. As, as as a child of, <laughs> uh, as a child of the beast <laughs> I was just like super hyped and it gets me it gets me jacked every time no well, it, I still thought oh sorry go ahead I didn't mean to interrupt go I ahead. say no it, no I think it's stupid I I skip it every time yeah it's not it's just like okay guys it's like, not musical it, if there was something musical to it maybe but he's just speaking it's just howling wind with yeah. him speaking and it's like it's too it's too kitschy. Yep. It's like I don't know. I just I feel like anytime it's like we're so uh, we're so cool and scary. It's like are you though? I don't know. I just I feel like yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that's <laughs> unanimous decision on track one. We don't <laughs> like we the intro. It. We did play it. We did play it. Just I I I bet I feel like it was a poor choice. Um, yeah, we did it for the children of the beast, guys. Yeah. Right, yeah. No, they're they're here for it. Okay, let's go to track two then. Uh the the true opening track of of the of the record. Nothing on my back. On my back, it's still enough to bring me down. My mind's about to crack. Cause what I thought could not be found. Nothing on my back, it's still enough to bring me down. My mind's about to crack. Cause what I thought could not be found. Nothing on my back, it's still enough to bring me down. Kyle, you picked the clips for it uh, on this episode, so why don't you go first? I will go first. um, So, um, spoiler alert, uh, listening to this again has got me super into this record, and I think it sounds great, for one, but Sum 41, they're kind of the kings of the 
the low chorus later on. You know what I mean? Like bring it down, uh, go back to the chorus and then start rocking out again. So I think that this is a great song. Um, it's just fun. I like the, the fact that I'm, is there even a song longer than three minutes on this record? Um, there might be one. I mean, it's probably the, yeah, still that's, it's just crazy. Everything's super short. It, it, I, I have always thought it is better to leave people wanting more than to always. be, than to be tired and bored. And I mean, they all killer, no filler, man. They, they start off strong <laughs> aside from the intro. I would argue that yeah. that is some filler. A, a thousand, a thousand percent. Uh, and by the way, this one's 301 and there are two other tracks that are longer than three uh, on the whole record. So, well, um, just for your, for your record there, uh, Chris, what are your, what are your thoughts on, on the, I'm going to call it this, the first track. It's the first yeah. song. I, I mean, great introduction to the drummer, um, and, and how, uh, the drums and drums, guitar melody and everything syncopated really well. Like the up and down thing. I love it. Harmonies. Um, it's, yeah, it's great, great, great. Um, and then, um, that I, I mentioned the exact same thing you did birthday buddy, the, how he gets really like brings the course down and then, uh, you know, way up at, at the end. Um, God, yeah, it's a great tune. Great tune. Yeah, and I you can totally hear, I mean, the obvious Green Day influence mm. on this mm. band. But what's cool about it, in my opinion, is that what kind of pop punk and punk rock in general, we and we've talked about this before, but like I never liked the stuff that was like crappy for the sake of like we're crappy punk rock. Uh, you, just because it's like I don't know, it's fine for that to be your thing, but like these guys are good players, and Green Day is really good musicians, and so to try to be like them is not easy. Um, but I mean that whole kind of breakdown is very much a Green Day, a kind of style thing that they I think at least popularized you know a, a lot, and uh, but I like it, and it doesn't. I'm not like oh they're ripping them off. It's uh, but it's it's hard to do. Uh, we Chris and I. Our Weezer cover band played this past weekend, and we played with a Green Day cover band. And I was like, "Those guys had to practice a lot more than we did." Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's put it that way. Uh, the chops of uh, uh, specific—I mean, not that the guitar parts aren't hard, but man, the bass parts oh, and man. the drum parts that they're doing are so technical um, uh, that you you better you better be confident about that to to go play that um, anywhere. So. I like this, yeah, and I I kind of forgot about how good they were, um, and this is a great song. So I, I think also like it, it, it's kind of weird because I gave you my first impression, but I kind of have a new impression, uh, mm-hmm. and and yeah, we'll do lasting impressions later. But like I had a second first impression, and I think that this band is really good at um, at taking elements of clearly music that they love and incorporating incorporating it into their songs they do it with Mm -hmm. hair hair metal they do it with green day they do it with a few others i think that we'll be able to like there's a few tracks that specifically i wrote down bands that i i have no doubt that they were like we want it to sound like this and and just like you're saying with the green day thing it's not easy to do that and it and pull it off well you know what i mean like it's i typically it sounds like someone who's just 
who who's just a second rate version of that band or yeah. they're not skilled enough to do it. And so I, I'm actually really impressed and I think they do a good job of kind of like, and I think they become themselves on the next record, but this is a really fun uh, listen to like them becoming a great band, I think so. Yeah. And it's always great when it's you, it's different bands. It, it's boring. If like track by track on this, right. It's the same band over and over. If yep. every song on this record sounded like green day, you'd just go like, well, these guys are just green day ripoffs. Right. But right. because there's all these other bands you think of as you get to different tracks, uh, you know, and I'm sure that we have some of the same ones in mind, uh, Can't as wait. we get there. But, um, yeah, it's it that makes it interesting. I I love to know what people's influences are because to me that makes things interesting. It's like it's cool like that you are anyone that claims they're completely original is so full of it. I mean, it's just like you know, the, the you have influences. I I kind of appreciate the like wearing your influences on your sleeve uh in this regard of like, I don't think that they would try to pretend that they didn't like green day. Right. Uh, there's nothing worse than when someone's like, I've never heard of that band. Uh, that like you so clearly were influenced by, uh, just to try to feel original or something. Uh, and I don't feel like these guys were doing that. So, uh, okay, let's go to never wake up track three. Kyle, what are your thoughts? Well, we almost got the whole song in. Um, we almost did. <laughs> which is pretty punk rock. We were like 10 seconds short of uh, it. Yeah. I, I actually wondered if you would if you would hang it over, but uh, that's fine. Uh, man, I think it's great. I love punk rock. And, you know, I don't know if you guys remember, but I said that Derek Wibley, he listed his influence on the re- this record, and one of them was Pennywise. And I think that they showed that influence on this song. Like, this was this was a little you know this is a little heavier side than than your green days so um uh, yeah I, I like it pumps me up man i'm i'm all in for like a 45 second double time punk rock song yeah. i don't know that i would want two and a half minutes of this pace like i think that might be too much for me uh there's kind of a fine line for my personal taste but i love this I'm all in on 45 seconds of just like balls to the wall. Uh, literally not a break from the action. Uh, and it's a cool song. I like it. Chris, what are your thoughts? See, I said Bad Religion. But now that you said Pennywise, I, I hear it. I think Dude, both those make Bad sense. Bad Religion is totally fine. The only reason I said Pennywise is because he stated that that was a big influence on this record. Yeah. I, I just mean you hear they're, they're like more punk influence less pop punk oh, influence yeah, yeah. on this one but the, yeah the ooze and oz just reminded yeah, me uh, totally. of those of those style of bands and it actually got me really nostalgic because like 90s chris was always jammy bands with chorus would just have ooze and oz just <laughs> dripping throughout every chorus and verse um yeah dude what a banger too this song is just beat you up i love it you can like picture the mosh pit oh yeah happening. oh yeah the circle yeah. pit i mean you like just people like people were it, being punched yeah for sure <laughs> 
people were getting punched. Uh, which I, I just guarantee, I always feel like there's no way the label didn't want them to put Fat Lip as like that in the place of that track. Totally. And I feel like this yeah. was the middle finger to yeah. them. Uh, uh, we've got something just, else, guys. Yeah, there's no way that this wasn't like a, no, we're going to put this 45 second track and then we're going to put the single. Uh, which, speaking of, here it is track four, Fat Lip, first single on the record. Chris Bonnier, you're air drumming, so uh, tell us your thoughts on Fat Lip. I always love this song. I love the great guitar work. I love the great pre-chorus, into uh, the chorus. Each element of the song is so great. The groove for the intro verse, the guitar riffs, it's absolutely great tune. Um, th- there's a few lyrics that stand out too, but he's got kind of a <laughs> unique ry- rhyming style. Um, casual, like when he does casualty of society and victim of conformity, like he, he does those like, fast-paced uh, uh rhymes like that and um and the bridge is great too i just i, I love the song so much this is one of the all-time great pop punk songs isn't it uh, yeah i'd kind of like i said i'd kind of forgotten about it but it is really good i mean yeah. they're um th- yeah the guitar all the guitar hooks in it are awesome and yep. the drums go into that halftime yeah. it's just a cool feel to it and I, you know, Kyle, what's the band you're gonna say for this one? Oh, Did I don't have. have I, I mean, I don't have a band. Oh. Obviously, there's some Beastie Boys influence. That's I what I was gonna right, say. Right, I mean, yeah, the yeah, obvious yeah. Beastie Boys influence, <laughs> uh, which is great. Again, like it, it's so clearly Beastie Boys, but like it's one song. They don't yep. do this over and over again. They've got like, hey, let's do a Beastie Boys thing on this song. I think that's really cool because uh, the Beastie Boys are totally unique, and you can't replicate it but you can like do an homage and this feels like that to me. that's that's the word man it's an homage and that's what makes all the difference like these dudes are 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 paying homage like with this song and adding their twist with the chorus pre-chorus thing you you mentioned the guitar parts blake like that's the one thing that bummed me out about the clip on this one is you couldn't get all the cool variations of the way they play that lick yeah like i love the fun um the fun lead during the verse like it's yeah. freaking it's awesome um and even just the main the the intro part um and i love the halftime at the end i'm a sucker for that freaking Always. awesome song oh and uh, chris and- i think i think you said that some of the words stuck out to you um i think maybe you were thinking of the just the sweet <laughs> lyric uh the doctor said your mom should have had an abortion I will say that, that's my least favorite part of this song because I'm like cringy dude it, it's real it cringy so crazy, and yeah. the and the delay on the vocal is kind of yeah. the, the echo is kind of like oh that guys, feels a little bit like guys ugh, politics know, aside but, that is a mean thing to say to someone <laughs> Well, but he says it about himself too. Yeah. Which is, right. I mean, at least it's self-depreciating. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit like, oh, that one feels dumb. Uh, I remember the part in the video too, like because he's just like oh, playing, yeah. you know, the drummer's rapping, yeah. and he just says it, and you're like, oh, what? Oh, wow. Okay. Alrighty. 
that's pretty uh, punk rock. But show me a white guy in 2001 that in high school that didn't know every lyric to this song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can't. If you liked, like, if you liked mm. even punk rock a little bit, like even if you didn't have this album, you knew this song. Uh, it was it was big time. Uh, yeah, it's good good tune, good first oh, single. Did we, we even mention the bridge is great? Yeah, no, every, everything's cool Every about piece it. of this song is magic. It's a masterpiece. It it's really is. I mean, there's not, I mean, other than the delay vocal on Borshin, Borshin, uh, uh, Borshin, uh, is, is, you know, not great. But other than that, they tried is, to is make it solid. not a masterpiece. Are you, all right. Do you feel like somebody at the label's like, oh, hey, guys, we have one note about this, <laughs> about this wonderful Loving track it, that you've guys. written, Derek. Really cool. There's like, let's uh, skip ahead, skip ahead, skip ahead. Okay, this right, right here, right here. Yeah. What? What, what are you guys? Uh, what are we doing here? Can we? <laughs> we talk. And, about and look, and to be to be fair, it's not just the abortion part. It's really all the words that come before. Oh yeah, it that totally. Rhyme with it. Also, yeah. don't work. Songs with distortion. We have to work hard to rhyme with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just the whole back half well, of that little part doesn't work. Chris, I think you're alluding to this. Like it's. He shows his hand. Clearly, he wanted to say the abortion line, and then he had to back right. You know what I mean? Like he had to back rhyme, and and those never flow the same. So you could you could tell it. No, so much of the rest of it works, and then that 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 line just does not does not do it for me. So anyway, uh, let's go to uh, rhythms. Here we go. Kyle, let's go to you. Rhythms, what are your thoughts? Uh, I love that lead guitar part that we heard there at the end. Uh, one thing that kind of pisses me off at myself because I, you know, because I gave up on some forty-one because they were partying hard. Uh, <laughs> Der- Derek Wibley's voice is fantastic, man. It sounds great on this track. It sounds great, I think, on the whole record. But he's got he has a perfect punk rock voice, man. It yeah, sounds cool. it sounds nice. It, it's it's you know all the good punk rock or all the good pop punk vocals uh, sound nice stacked. You know what I mean? Like if they've got that voice, it sounds, stack it sounds yeah. good stacked, and he just sounds great. And 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 this is like such an awesome freaking pop punk song. It it you feel good. You're having a good time when you listen to it. So I love it. Drum fills all over the place. Oh, yes. Yeah. Love it. Love the drum fills. Um, and I love that. Like we basically get a bonus chorus. The since you found me out part. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of like, Oh, we weren't done. Here's some more hooks for you. Um, they're good at it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, what's funny about, uh, about pop punk kind of stuff is that what drew me to it is like, I like melodies. And so it was like, most people were really good about that. Uh, I've read like a long time ago an uh, interview with uh, Chris Caraba talking about how he, his sort of theory is that like every punk pop band is is mostly influenced by the Beach Boys were kind of like the first. It's like, oh, that's pretty true, really. I right. mean, it's like you speed up the Beach Boys songs and put double time behind it or whatever, and they're they could be like pop punk songs, yeah. <laughs> a lot of them. Uh, but like you know, you got good harmonies and stuff, and I just I, I love harmonies, and so 
they're all over this song and I'm into it. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on rhythms? I dig it. Appreciate that's it. That's, I, yeah. <laughs> that's the note. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's the note. note. I appreciate it. the light touch on the chorus. You guys both mentioned the chorus. Derek can get a little wordy on some of the choruses of this song. On this one, he he kind of he got it lays off a little bit, um, and I appreciated it. Just uh, I know what you want, and then the since you found me out with the harmonies. Totally, yeah, I uh, like it. It's it, you guys already kind of touched on that, but that yeah, that was my favorite part too. Of this I too. wonder how much I wonder how much Finn is like a a song shaper guy. I, I just don't know. Yeah. It, it wouldn't. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I just wonder, I, it, it seems like a band like green day probably comes in with that song almost kind of exactly how they want it. And then he's just yeah. making it sound perfect. And like, it's all it's, I mean, I, he seems like more of an audio yeah. engineering guy yeah. for me and not like a song guy, but, um, but then again, you see, as you kind of mentioned a bit ago, Kyle, it's like they kind of become more defined on the record that comes after this, kind yeah. of like find their sound or whatever. Um, and it makes you wonder if like, was Jerry Finn part of that? Did he kind of go like, oh, no, I think you should do that or you shouldn't do that. Or um, I don't know. I'm just really curious. I always love to know, especially on a with a really young band on a debut yeah. record, like how much... Um, you know, what percentage of this success do we owe to the producer? I mean, cause a really good producer can just like take that band from like almost there to like there, you know? And, and without that guy, maybe you don't, maybe you're just the 90% and you don't ever get to that hundred percent. And so you don't sell uh, 2 million copies of the record. Um, and obviously Jerry Finn is a huge producer. He's a big deal. Uh, so, just having that name probably helped, but uh, I imagine he wasn't taking projects that he wasn't at least interested in at the time because right. he was just getting to do whatever he wanted um, in 2001. But uh, anyway, just a thought. I would love to uh, love to be a fly on a wall in those kind of situations. To, I, well, I went down a whole know. Jerry Finn rabbit hole at, while, I, while I was studying this album, um, and there's a lot of great articles about Blink-22 talking about his style. So. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's mostly who you're gonna hear is like the bands that are big enough to get asked questions about it. But you unfortunately don't see a lot of like um, articles about producers. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's just not as common. Um, which uh, I think they make the world go round. But that's because I'm an audio guy. But uh, right. it was just me. Uh, let's go to motivation, which was also a single, right? Was it, Kyle? It was. Do you know that it was a single. Yeah. Okay, I'm not. Incorrect. Motivation. Here we go. Classic lo-fi distortion at the end there. Um, always a always a good thing to throw on a record. Chris, what are your thoughts on motivation? This song wears me out, man. It's like I, I feel tired when I'm done with it. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of drumming going on on it. There's a lot of drumming and so many words with the ending Asian. Um, just maybe too many. I, I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel kind of tired at the end. <laughs> 
Uh, but hey, more props to you, you wordsmith, for finding all those words. Um, yeah, but I mean, I like the song. Just get a little, yeah, I don't think I listened to it twice in a row without having to take a nap. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely rhymingdictionary.com style. Uh, <laughs> hey, which I've used. I'm not. Oh, absolutely. I'm not going to knock it. Knocking it completely, but um, yeah, definitely painted himself in a corner a little bit there. <laughs> Yeah, I can't stop now that I've started. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, you know, it, it, I I don't hate it. It's fun. It is a lot. It's 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 the get the kids jump up and down song, right? Yeah, like that's yeah. that's what it is. It's it's make the air dusty at the uh, at the festival song. Uh, and I, I feel like I would enjoy it more live than totally, I do on the record. Yeah. Does that oh, make sense? Absolutely. Like, I think if I saw yeah. them play this live, I'd be like, oh, yes, this yeah. is cool. But uh, I'm with you. It doesn't excite me. I don't not like it either, but. It's fine. What else were you going to say? It's fine. Yeah. Um, it's fine. So I was I was just going to say, well, are are we, are we, did you have anything else to say, Blake? Because I was going to no, talk about really production. No, that's really it. That's, that's where I'm at. No. Okay. So um, I was going to say. You guys were talking about Jerry Finn, and I don't know how much he wrote. I like when I say I don't know, I mean like I don't know anything about if he did that with anyone. But I was always under the impression that like he was a developing a sound kind of guy. You know what I mean? Like like Blink One Eighty Two, um, yeah. Like uh, Enema of the State sounds completely different sonically than Dude Ranch. Right. Right. And so like kind of that dude. But while I was looking at at uh, something, there's I guess the guy that produced their next record is a guy named Grieg Nori. Does that ring any bells to you guys? No, I've never uh, heard that name. So, in my life. So, so what's really weird is he's got songwriting credits all over this record. Oh, so I, I, I guess in a roundabout way, what I'm I think I'm trying to say is I think maybe I found out that Jerry Finn doesn't help necessarily build the song. Sounds like this Greg Nori dude did that. Yeah, the sound. Sounds like this Greg Nori dude did, and he got to produce the next record for it. So, okay, well yeah. that helps clarify things. That would make sense. I mean, because most of, you're right. Finn tends to make a a band kind of like find their signature sound, and then they stick with it. <laughs> generally because why would you not um once you find the signatures on yeah 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 and he was pretty good at that um okay well let's go to into deep here we go I mean, is it ever wrong to do a harmonizing <laughs> trill guitar solo? No, it's not. It's always appropriate. You can put it in a Celine Dion ballad and it still work. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on In Too Deep? I freaking love this song, man. I've always loved this song. Okay, I, I'm not crazy, right? Basically, up until the outro of the chorus, the song is basically just two chords over and over, right? 
I haven't really thought about it, but yeah. probably, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you, but, but like, I think that's magic when a mm-hmm. songwriter can do that. Yeah. It's so cool because it doesn't sound repetitive like that. But it's basically just those two chords. It's really until... three because they walk up to it. And bam, oh bam. yes, I'm sorry. Yes, but really, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I just think, but it makes that ending of that chorus just pay off so much because it's the only thing that kind of dif- differentiates. And then the um the the metal guitar solo there that's so good just mesh it all together at the end um and the music video was so awesome too by the way yeah i mean i I, first of all it's a nice change of pace like Mm -hmm. on the record like it's got a kind of a a bouncy feel to it yep um (laughs) this is gonna the first thing i thought about when i re-listened to this was that the verses kind of sound like a Sugar Ray song. <laughs> Did you have the same thing? I am showing no you this because you won't freaking believe way. me. Can you, can you see it? There it I is. Do Sugar see Ray. It. It's a Sugar Ray intro. Okay. 2001. That is not a coincidence, my friend. No, it's not a coincidence. I don't believe it was. Dude, uh, I am I'm I'm bummed that I didn't get to say it first, but I'm validated. I'm sorry. I, I thought there was no way someone else was going to say that. Dude. The intro is a Sugar yeah. Ray intro, dude. Like when the ver- yeah, the intro and the verses just kind of feel like it a little bit. Um, but I but I do really I re- that's not wow. a dig. I do really like the song a lot. I love the chorus. The end, the last line of the chorus with that progression is awesome. And and yeah, I'm into that that solo. It how can you not smile when that comes on? Oh. Um, and it is the most played tune on Spotify, by the way. Oh. So I don't think we're that, alone that in thinking up, yeah. that this song is uh is kind of the best it, it like i said it's fun to look at spotify because it just kind of gives you an idea of and by the way by a lot like it's 321 yeah, yeah. million compared to like uh even fat lift is 282 million and then some of these are like six million so it's just wow. kind of like and three million so i mean a lot of people like this song and it's a great song and i honestly am kind of bummed that i had forgotten about it for so long, I, it was really kind of a pleasure to get back into this record again. Um, and I am sad I didn't really listen to it very much for the last 20 years. Kyle, do you have any other thoughts other than Sugar Ray that I stole your thunder on? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, gl- I'm, I'm glad you shared my thunder. Um, dude, it's fun when that happens. I oh, mean, yeah. Well, because it's, yeah, it's, it's there. I mean, in, in, anybody else needs to go listen back and you, you won't be able to unhear it. It's, it's, just Sugar Ray all the way, um, which is my my new band's name, um, my new Sugar Ray cover band's name, Sugar Ray right, all the course. way. Um, but uh, this song was a single. I was going to say, and you guys already talked about how awesome this stuff was. One of my favorite things about it is that freaking pop punk, uh, bouncy uh, build up into the metal solo. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Like it's just it's it feels seamless, um, yeah. and definitely two different styles, uh, just blended together perfectly. Right, but it's like a metal solo in a major key, yeah. which is not normally what you get in metal. Uh, yeah. But that's what makes it fun is that Dude. it's like these guys are clearly influenced by metal, especially when mm-hmm. you get into the next couple records. Yep. Like it comes out even more, and and so but that's a fun way to make a twist on it. It's like, Oh, this, but it's in a major key. Like it's basically a one, four, five pop punk. I mean, it's like the most standard chord progression you can have. Uh, and then with that solo on top of it, it's just, I mean, like I said, it just makes me grin ear to ear. Um, let's go to summer. Summer. 
Kyle, thoughts on summer? Man, I freaking love this song. It's a fun, like, I, I don't think it was, but this could have been on Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Like, oh, nice. It's got that vibe. It so, does. Um, and actually, what is it? It kind of, actually, now that I say that, it kind of has the same vibe as that uh, that body jar jam. Not the same. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know that one. No. Tony Hawk? Yep. Well, check it out later. Trust me couple mainstays here we've got the octave guitar lead guitar part classic punk rock thing for all of us guitarists that weren't good enough to learn actual lead guitar the two right two strings right and you just oh yeah just two down. strings yeah. octaves just up and down i can even do that yeah i know chris chris can do that um <laughs> uh, and uh and then three-part harmony man like not often do we get three-part harmonies on stuff uh in this genre i feel like but Nailing the three-part harmony, and I love it. And uh, I wonder, have you guys ever seen them live? No. Me no. neither. I wonder if they do it live. I wonder if they can actually all sing, or if this was uh, just a production You know what? I've situation. never seen them, and I don't know that I've talked to anybody that has. Like, have have they come around here? Maybe they just uh, never came. Like, I've just I have never, no idea. I, I have no recollection of anyone ever being like, dude, did you catch that Sum 41 show? There's probably like a two year period of time that I would have absolutely gone to see them. Yeah. And then I think I just kind of forgot about them. And I, yeah. which is weird because like I remembered fat lip being a single, but I forgot that like motivation and in too deep. And the next record after this had like two or three yeah. singles on it too. Dude, like they had a some, lot they, they of successful jams. singles. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I kind of forgotten because I think it kind of just got in that wave of all those bands that came shortly after or around the same time. And I, th- I think it's, um, I kind of forgot about some of that, but yeah, this is a good song too. And and I think you're right. It could have been maybe not a single, but certainly on a video game soundtrack. That was when this started also happening a lot. Um, that was a new fun way to distribute music. Uh, any other thoughts on summer or shall we go on to handle this? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. You're Chris, let's go to you. What are your thoughts on Handle This? <laughs> so, I maybe I was a little grumpy when I wrote my notes, because I'm really happy now that I'm hearing it, but I've, I've got nothing but negative things to say. <laughs> Note Chris was not happy. Um, uh, so, I love the guitar solo in the middle, but I'll, I'll just read what I said, because I, I, one time I felt this way, but apparently at the end, I thought that them trying to, you know, the classic of bringing all the parts together at the mm, end, I yeah. just felt like it's kind of bumping into each other a little bit, just didn't... Uh, Kind of bummed me out a little bit. I said it was a circus. I think that might have been a little harsh. I'm sorry. Maybe I hadn't had a Snickers bar yet. At that yeah, time. I yeah. think that might be. I mean, I think it's a good. It's sort yeah, of the obligatory 
ballad, quote unquote. Yeah, I definitely. mean, as far as the yeah. slow song on the record, yeah. but like um, the, the part that you played is mwah, Chef's Kiss. The solo with that reverb on yeah, it and everything—it's still echoing somewhere. It's so yeah, it's so thick. By the way, one of my favorite quotes that has ever uh, come out of Chris's mouth for for me, which is he said a lot of really great things throughout the twenty years we've been friends. But one time he was like, "Man, if reverb was a finite resource, we would have ran out in the eighties." <laughs> and it's very true. We would have, and this is definitely a throwback to um, to the bands that uh, might have used it all up if it was like the reserves of oil. Uh, <laughs> but fortunately, we've got all the reverb we can deal with. Uh, Kyle, right. what are your thoughts on Handle This? Did you have grumpy notes or happy no, notes? No, I, I got to tell you, I got, I got to put on my brave face and, and say against what my birthday buddy thought. Um, I love this one, man. I freaking love this song. It's, it's, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is that hits me, hits me in the feels on this one, but I, I remember this one from back in the day and even now listening to it. And I love the, the building at the end and the singing over. I think, I think it's awesome. And that's just, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for that stuff. So maybe it's that, but I love that solo. I think his voice sounds good. I like that it's it's ballad e, but it's not like they didn't go too far. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I really enjoy it. And actually, in, interesting about this one, this was a single in Germany and Japan. So I don't know what it is about this song that appeals to Germans and the Japanese. But and and how the world does a label decide, decide that? This? Yeah. <laughs> We feel like, really strongly about Germany and, like, and Japan. I'm just so curious. Uh, they've got to have some sort of data point that focus they groups, point man. To that. I guess maybe yeah, must be. Das I mean, is good. Fantastic. Why? By the way, why is it totally okay for you to do the German accent? But if you would have done the Japanese one, you would have been canceled. Yeah, like, yeah. I wasn't going to do it. You, you played hey, it right there. I will say this. So we uh, like we never got to play out of the country, unfortunately. Uh, but everyone we know that like played in Japan said it was just a totally unique experience than anywhere else they ever played in the world. As far as like the fans are just there for it and they're 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 just like totally quiet and soaking it all in and they're just like totally fanatic about and, um, and they're insane about and pop it, punk dude so yeah. we uh we had a we had a japanese deal with sony and it fell through and we were on we were, did it we did the deal solely so this place could book a tour for us in oh, Japan, I'd love to do that. Yeah. And it fell through at the last minute. It, it was such a bummer. But like everyone was just like, dude, they are insane for pop punk music. I mean, MXPX has a huge following over there. Um, yeah. Not to say that, not to say that I'm any, I was anything like MXPX, but no. But I, I was gonna, I was yeah. gonna, I was gonna go to Japan and enjoy it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. 
Yeah, our 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 old buddy uh, Jamie Wolford from. I, I thought that's yeah. who you were talking about. Yeah, yeah from uh, the stereo. The and... stereo and uh, let go was would always tell us stories about playing in Japan, and they were hilarious. And and they've got a little, they got a new podcast out. So check that out if you if you don't if you know who the stereo is, and if you don't know who the stereo is, you should check it out because they're great, and they influenced a lot of these bands we talk about on this podcast. And mm-hmm. we'll eventually do a stereo record too. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's go the to. Boys. Oh, hey, definitely. I, I, I want. I did want to say one more thing. About, oh yeah, please, please. I do, picture yes. that the Germans heard the reason they got an extra single is because they heard Fat Lip and they were like nine, and then they heard <laughs> they heard Handle This and they were like Das ist gut. <laughs> That's exactly how it went down, guys. If uh, it, hey, for all our German listeners, let us know if I'm wrong or if that's exactly how it was. Yeah, well, I bet we they, I bet it was part them. of their um, what do they call that? Where where you take the government surveys, the census. Oh, I, I no bet idea. it was part of their oh, census. census. Yeah, oh, right. They just tag, went ahead and just pulled the whole nation. Just pulled yeah, them all on this. Uh, which single we should release uh, from Sum Forty One? Uh, okay, let's go to uh, Crazy Amanda Bunkface, which I did Google to make sure. Do I need to bleep this or no? <laughs> uh, I don't actually know. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Kyle, let's go to you first. Uh, what are your thoughts on on this track? Um, I like this song. It's not my favorite. It, it, it I don't know. It doesn't have the uh, the joie de vivre that the other ones do for me. So fancy, yeah. Wow, I don't even know what that means. The, I think it's the juice of life. Okay. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Uh, aren't you so fancy, um, Chris? What about you? I feel similar, but I have to say that that metal breakdown that you, the part that you chose, Kyle, is is the redeeming part. It is super, super juicy. I love it. Um, Yeah, that's about that's about it for me. (laughs) What's funny is I wrote down that it feels the most Green Day, but not that clip that you just played. And I probably there must be it must be the verses or something I was talking about, which I can't remember right now which probably isn't a good thing so i think i feel about the same way it's kind of like a uh, i could take it or leave it but you can't really leave stuff on this record it's only 32 minutes long yeah you can't take um, anything off <laughs> they needed that introduction <laughs> you kind of need it yeah it's literally, that's 45 seconds it's under 30 minutes if we yeah. lose the intro um and I, but i really don't like the snare sound on it which is weird because i almost never complain about jerry finn production almost never and it just sounds way too compressed. I just don't like it. it well, in Stevo um, thirty three or Stevo thirty three or thirty two, I don't remember. But Stevo was uh, one of the first dudes outside of Travis Barker. That's when all the pop punk drummers that were making it were playing the Orange Counties. So he had that right. vent oh, snare. Yeah, got to vent it. Yeah. got to cut a big hole in it if you don't have a vent. Yeah, yeah, and and I, that was I did not love that snare sound. And this doesn't even quite. Yeah, I don't know. I that was a weird thing. I didn't mind the uh I didn't mind the wait, Chris, you're the drummer. What's the there's Piccolo and Soprano, right? Soprano's mm-hmm. the really small one, right? Yeah. And Piccolo's just the one that's like normal but 
not deep, like four right. inches deep or three inches deep or something. Okay. That's your 311 sound. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, I, I mean, I hated soprano snares, but I did like piccolos if they were turned, like tuned a certain way. I actually had one that I is one of the, like my favorite snare sounds I ever recorded, oddly enough, somehow. Uh, I had it just tuned a certain way that was a little lower and it had a nice crack to it. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but on this, on this track, I do not like it. Um, and it, to me, it very much dates music, uh, oh, absolutely. Like real mm-hmm. bad. Um, yeah. And, and, and it just like has a date stamp on it. That's like 2000, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like absolutely. 99, 2000. And, and this kind of has that for me. So, uh, you know, what are you gonna do? It's, it's fine. Um, there are worse things to complain about. Okay, let's go to All She's Got. I'm getting worse. I'm wasting all my time. I thought I'd come in first. I said I fell behind. I don't know. I don't know if I can keep this up too long. It seems all every time the motives are all wrong. But for now, I don't see what's so wrong with pretending it's true. I thought you knew. Believer, let's all just got to pass the time. Kyle, let's go to you. All she's got. What do okay. you got? T- tell me I'm wrong if if I'm crazy. Okay. But I mentioned it earlier. Freaking, this song could be on Dude Ranch with Tom DeLonge singing it. This is a Blink-182 Dude Ranch song. 1,000% yep. you are correct. It's, it's yep. crazy. That's the right answer. The way that it, like even the way that it's mixed, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. crazy. The bass tone, yeah. everything about it, that chorus, the believe her. I'm like, dude, this yep. is freaking, this is a dude, this is a dude ranch song and not even a B side. It's a great song. No, it's a good song, but yeah, it, it's definitely the Blink-22 song on yep. the record. Like without a doubt. Uh, I, I totally agree with that. Chris thoughts. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, the, 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 um, the bass tone, I, I, I definitely think it occurred to me right down Apple Shampoo vibes, but I mean, it was, <laughs> yeah. And that album was so important to me. Yeah. In high school. Oh, dude, right? yeah. So we, we got to um, do that one. I played it a zillion we do. times. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. There's some, though, that in the back of my head, guys, I'm like, what? We gotta There's going to be an end. Yeah. Like, this podcast isn't going to last forever. And I feel like you got to save a few moments, you know? like We have several yeah. Blink-182 that we still haven't done. So we've got time. Like we have to save them. We have to yeah. save oh, them, I guys. agree. Those are precious. Party can't stop. <laughs> the party cannot stop. Uh, yeah, I mean, too. We, well, after this, yeah, we'll move we, into uh, early 2000s R&B. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just we'll totally switch it up. It'll be uh, all Usher, who be, looks uh, the same as he did in 2000, by the looks way. looks great. I don't know how that oh, dude yeah. hasn't aged at all. Um, let's go to Hard Sack. Summer evenings, teenage readings. Got no problem with the life that I've been leading. No concentration on hesitation. I can't make time when nothing's new. Cause waking up is hard to do. So, What a freaking banger. 
<laughs> yes. Song, this song is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I I can't find anything to complain about on this thing. I think the verses you have no idea what's coming at you because it sound it sounds like it's going to be this like oh here's another ballady kind of. Um, that's what it seems like it's going to be. And then it like kicks in with that drum part <laughs> and you're like, Whoa, this is cool. I mean, I, I love this song and I, I had totally forgotten about it. I, I really had not listened to this in 20 years and I am a fool for not having done so because it's great. Um, Kyle, where are you at on it? Freaking rocks, dude. Like so good. And it would be so much like, Guys, let's start a Sum 41 cover band just so we can play this song live. Yeah, it would be It would be so fun to play this song live. And and tell me, like, maybe it's probably too early. They were ahead of Sugar Cult, but I hear I hear Goldfinger in this. Like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, Sugar Cult. I forgot days. about Sugar Cult, too. Um, That's a great album. But, like, it's got that it's it, it's got that bounce, but like not the not the sucky bounce you know like it's the right bounce um i freaking love this song and even though the final spoiler alert is funny i and i get that they don't they don't have enough time to drop anything on this record it's kind of a bummer that that a joke comes after this because that is that song is awesome oh yeah we're gonna it's great it's unfortunate are you talking to, are you talking about the the chick magnet groove that yes oh absolutely bouncing off the walls yeah yeah this Uh, i mean i would love to see them play this song live yeah it's probably so much fun it's funny like how i think like from 1995 to like 2003 it's like every punk album you had to have a six eight song and then you had to have that bouncy beat in at least one Mm -hmm. song we couldn't do it too much yeah but you had to like call call into it i'm glad they did that um yeah the song freaking (laughs) <laughs> rocks it's a jam. but i like that it jumps between that bouncy thing and the, then that, that right, bridge right, yeah. where it goes back to yeah. straight and, uh, and uh, uh that's just really cool to go from the you know it's got that swing and then all of a sudden they're like right i had multiple times written down for this song because there's so much coolness i i wasn't sure where to have you start it freaking great song which is i think it's weird how much that um, really guides my notes of being like on this podcast of going like when I can't find the 30 seconds I want to yeah. use because it leaves out two other 30 second clips. I'm like, that is a good song. I know. Like, um, especially cause it's not normally just like, Oh, what should I do? The verse or the chorus? It's like, Oh, should I do the verse of the chorus or the intro or the outro or the bridge? And this is one of those that like, I, I want to just play the whole thing, um, but that's not legal for copyright reasons. Um, Freaking laws. Yeah, you know, um, but uh, it's a good one. So, and it's a very much a great Windows Down rocking out song. So, um, love it. Okay, let's go to the last track, which is Kyle Foreshadowed. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, Kyle, 
why don't you go first since you so, already kind of talked about it. So again, you know, I said earlier that they're the way that they partied when I was younger, I was just a little too straight laced to be into that, that it was off putting to me. It made me feel like, um, it made me feel like for whatever reason that they weren't serious. And then, then they did this and it was like even yeah. worse. It was infuriating. Like, Oh, you guys, this is just a big joke. You're just partying it up and, and now you're going to make a pain for pleasure. You know, a, a side band while all of us other dudes out here just trying to have one band and it's not <laughs> a joke. And so, and honestly, I was just hating. Uh, but even now I would say it's not good. And also, uh, you think that I'm going to listen to this and being, being a product of the eighties and not call you out for aping the punch out song when Matt gets on the bike. That oh, freaking wow. guitar line is punch out. You know the part it I'm is. talking about, right? Holy crap. Of course I do. I totally hear it now. <laughs> I mean, it's not oh it's God. not exact. There's no doubt it inspired it. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Called so, out some 41. Yeah. Are yeah. you going to respond? Twitter, yeah, how Instagram. are you guys going to respond? We'd like They're to not. know. They don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just like. Actually, I'd love like, to hang out, guys. <laughs> Yeah, you guys are real special to our hearts. <laughs> what the heck, guys? You make a great record, but the bookends of it are terrible. I hate the <laughs> intro. I hate the outro. And it's not... It's because it doesn't fit at all. Like, if this was a darkness song, I'd be into it. Now, I mean, without the vocal part, because the vocals suck on it. Um, yeah, and it's like this jokey thing, and it just feels like everyone was jokey, and they've been not jokey for the rest of this record. Yeah. I mean, there's like little things that like they're kind of like, you know, like on, on the last track on like heart attack, it's like, you know, lyrics about not wanting to wake up and, you know, like that was relatable to teenage yeah. guys, you know, this is just jokey and it didn't resonate that like jokey stuff didn't, it wasn't my favorite thing then. And it certainly doesn't age well. Um, yeah, I, it just bums me out that they started and ended the record with but things that I want to skip and I never play, you know. And I just I wish I could chop them off of uh, my version of the album, but they're there, so you can't do that. Chris, what are your thoughts? I mean, standalone, it's kind of funny, but I agree yeah. with you. It's very jarring. It, it's this great pop punk record, and it just kind of um, that maybe. You know, uh, speaking of Jamie from Let Go, like they had a similar metal song at the end of their album, but it was like a hidden track. Like you had to like, yeah. go find it, I think. Maybe they could have done that instead. When it like, mostly you go find had, it if you wanted to. And it really just had like a metal solo on it. You know what I mean? Like it's one thing. I don't know. It's just. I don't love it. No, no, no. It, 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 they were trying. Um, it, felt, it felt a little forced. Like, hey, yeah. we should be funny. Yeah. Like, let's do something funny. Um, right and and honestly early 2000s like was almost not we were almost quite weren't ready yeah for the 80s metal to be ironic i mean it was still kind of like super lame like these guys they were just decadent and like dumb and wore makeup and i don't know i didn't think it was ironic quite yet i still thought it was pretty stupid well this isn't even like 80s hair metal this is like straight up the metal bands that you that i was doing sound for at the conservatory all the time oh see i thought it was was a homage to like judas priest like well i mean it is i mean you're right it is too it is too it's definitely an homage to that but it's like those dudes just felt um like okay for example hair metal was all the way out 
there was no such thing as hair metal in 2001, but there were definitely old washed up metal dudes that yep. were like in their 40s. No, no disrespect, as I'm now in my almost there. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> but like, you know what I mean? It like it felt like, oh boy, you're really hanging on to this, and it was kind of like laughable. And I I know that's what they're doing here, but like, it just it just bummed me out because it's like this is fun to do for like this would be fun to do on social media now, but that like would, to yeah, put it yeah. on the end yeah. of your record, I just kind of uh, I don't know. I just don't after like a it. wonderful song. After a great song that would have been a great ending to the record that would make me want to start it again, and, and listen, instead you do this, and if I, if I'm, I've got the record on repeat and I hit skip, I gotta hit skip twice because I also hate the intro to the record if I want to play it yep. again. So, anyway, I can just see you throwing up your hands and raging. Ah, yeah, <laughs> I just, I literally skipped it like almost every time. I mean, it's just like yeah. I didn't like it. It kind of ruined, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, not into it. So sorry. Um, that's a bummer. <laughs> Let's go to. Uh, lasting impressions, guys. Does it hold up? Whoever wants to go first. Um, I absolutely think it does, and I think it's a better record than I initially thought it was. Um, I think you're right. What what yeah. what I think is cool about this record, and I alluded to it earlier. I got ahead of myself, but I I said we kind of did like a tale of two records last week or last episode. We did Good Charlotte and. Mm-hmm. we said oh, we repeated over and over again that those guys are legit they're the real deal i they're not fake they're not phony they they love punk music and like, they're good musicians and, and they're yeah. good musicians they're good at what they do but like that stuff com- like this record was the right way to do that you know what i mean like this this i want to listen to over and over again like i've continued to listen to it since getting ready for this episode and like I love songs more now than I did then. And it's because there's this authenticity to 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 what they did outside of the intro and the end, where like these clearly were young dudes just making music that they love and even cooler, taking influences that they love and making something new. And I really I really think they captured something special. Chris, what are your what are your thoughts on it? Uh, you think it holds up? I, yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel the same way you, you do, uh, Kyle. Like at, at revisiting it was, I was like, oh, this is this the substance here is really good. Uh, these are really good songs. And so I maybe it was you that turned me on to some of some forty ones later stuff. Uh, I guess we call it more recent, but it was like mid two thousands. Chuck. Derek, uh, yes yeah you, was it you yeah Cause, like because that's the album i'm thinking yeah of. yeah so so i found this happened to me with a few bands from this era where like when i realized how good of a songwriter they were by listening to their later stuff it made me revisit and go oh they were there's some brilliance here but it was just a little yeah. unpolished yeah. yeah um and you could definitely hear it on this record derek's a derek and the rest of the guys are great songwriters um but uh th- yeah it's the, the the but the two hits on this song but those are massive songs oh, <laughs> I yeah. mean, like some of the biggest pop punk songs of the era so yeah definitely think it holds up i think more i'm with kyle i think it more so than i would have remembered um it's funny that i think if you took a bunch of people our age even fans of the genre and said like list the top 20 pop punk bands or punk bands of the early 2000s I don't know how many people would even remember 
Is that seem? Does that sound weird? Do you think no, that, that would I'm, be the case? I think you. you're right. It would be interesting to do that. That poll. Would, yeah. Yeah, because I think that like I think it would be surprising. Um, because I had kind of forgotten, honestly, until you brought it up, and and then I listened to this and I go like, why though? Like this is. But you're right. It's better than the Good Charlotte record. And even though I didn't like love Good Charlotte, they would be one of the bands I'd remember. Totally. But like these guys had as many, not maybe as many hits, but I mean they had massive hits too, and yeah. uh, sold millions of records. And it's just interesting. I think it absolutely holds up more so. But this is definitely one of the records that, uh, unlike some of the other ones, where I'm like, yeah, it definitely holds up. Like I kind of forgot that it did. And I was very pleasantly surprised listening to it again, other than the bookends of it. Uh, like I said, the rest of everything in the middle is good. Um, so I think it does. Okay, Kyle, you might be, you. I don't really have as much experience with the rest of the catalog. And now I want to go in and listen to a bunch more of it because I feel like I should. Um, but what do you think about it being their best album, Kyle? Yeah, your name? Um... You know, no, no, probably not their best album. Like as far as just me enjoying it, probably not their best album. It's great. But um, man, Chuck is really good. Underclass Hero is really good. Freaking, I mean, they, and maybe they don't make as good of uh, a full record after this. Um, Maybe this is like the most... uh, maybe the best record maybe that's easy when you're 30 minutes long right but um yeah but like their next their next one comes out one year after this by the way right their next yeah. record comes out in 2002 <laughs> yeah they tried to rock, rock it out so quick good job guys but i mean really cranking they, it out. on the next record they have still waiting freaking awesome song and then i don't remember which record it is the uh all to blame where they did the great video making fun of the the bands they were th- oh, the yeah. songs. Oh yeah, with uh, that Will Sasso is yeah. like at the in, the intro. It's really funny. Yeah, well, you guys smoke? Huh? huh? You do now? <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, that is pretty funny. And that and that's and w- what's so weird is I so distinctly remember that record, and I have talked to you about it, Chris. And and I think we've talked about. I I think I, tr- I was telling you to check out Underclass Hero, which is another one that came later. But like even the record that they put out. I'm trying to think. Let's see. Screaming Bloody Murder. 20, 2019. Uh, oh, oh. Was was good. What was it called? Uh, Order and Decline. I mean, like, it, they're they're a good band, man, and they're good musicians. He's a great songwriter. Um, I I just I don't think I don't think they got enough credit back in the day, even for me. And I think some of that yeah, comes from I think it's even fair. though even though Fat Lip is a wonderful song that kind of song can pigeonhole someone, even if yes. they don't go on to try and make 20 different fat lips. It's what yeah. everyone remembers them for. It's true. And, yeah. And, and so like, I think it's possible that that's, that's why, cause I agree with you, Blake, like I probably wouldn't put them on the list. I'd probably name off 30 bands before I did. And not because I hate some 41, but just because no. I love so many other bands and they deserve to be mentioned in 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 the list of the tops at that time. This is a great record, and um, and they keep making good records. So, yeah, I think that I think that makes sense. And and I'll uh, go there. As far as their most important album, it had the most 
Got to be. Did it sell the most of all their records? It's got to be, yeah. right? I mean, it launched them, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair. Uh, okay, but how about Desert Island songs? Two or three of your favorites. Chris, you're fr- you're uh, up to bat going, first. Yeah, I'm going pretty simple here, but uh, I, you know, it's got to be Fat Lip uh, and Rhythms for me and then In Too Deep. I know I'm just vanilla ice cream. I'm really boring, but I like those songs a lot. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Kyle, what are yours? I'm going Fat Lip, In Too Deep, and Heart Attack. I love it. Yeah, I've got to do In Too Deep and Heart Attack for sure. I think my third one is... Uh, it's probably Fat Lip, too. I'm probably the same okay. with you, just because that, that's a good one. But... Uh, um, it could have gone yeah, many I mean, ways, though, because I, I love could, yeah. rhythms. And yeah. like I told you guys, I, I love Handle This. I, I think it's a great song. Um, I'd be happy with a rotating... Uh, yeah, uh, rotating third. Yeah, yeah rotating that, that third. works for me. Okay, this is going to be fun, I think. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> which one? We know what the worst two tracks on this record are. It's the opening and the closing. But right. which one would you more like to kick off the record? <laughs> like, which one do you hate more, Kyle? You know, I... Th- Ooh, that's tough. I hate them both. Technically, one's not um, a song. Yeah, it's and a that's track. the thing. That, well, and that's what I'm going over in my head. Like, one of them's not musical at all. Yeah. So maybe I hate it more, but I hate, I don't hate Pain for Pleasure, kind of like what Chris is saying on its own. It's like kind of funny. I resent Pain for Pleasure. Yes, that's a great, great way to say it. Like, yeah. So, I yeah, I, I'm, so I'm in the same boat. I resent it, and therefore I would, I would kick it off if I could. Chris, yeah. where are you at? I, I I'll I'll kick the intro off because <laughs> okay. I, I I think it's very important that way you start off an album is you know yeah especially back then guys I mean the blockbuster music person had to take the shrink wrap off gone through all this trouble you know and now here we are we got this weird guy talking yeah you know, I, I might have put the CD back and that guy would have had to re shrink wrap it with the heat gun. <laughs> you, you've, Harmed a lot of people with your with your poor with your poor choices. Getting paid three fifty an hour. <laughs> those poor kids that sat down at this station, like I picture, like pure little you know young kid, young church kids like ourselves sitting yeah. down at that station, and it children of the beast. Oh, <laughs> oh goodness, no, no, no. Jesus help us! Um, all right, how about grower not Double shower? Double this one. <laughs> yeah. Grow or not sure what's the song you didn't like at first, but now love Chris. If that's you have a trick, one. yeah, that's a tricky one for me. Uh, but I honestly handle this was it, I swear to God, like I don't know how it why I was so grumpy. Today. It literally hit me b- different when you played it. I was like, oh, this song's great. Like, what was wrong with me when I wrote these? I wrote like a whole paragraph about it with hatred, just analyzing things I didn't like about it. It so literally, just literally just in the last two us. weeks, it just grew on me. I'm going to jam it right after this. Um, That's fine. As I lay I like my it. head down to sleep. Kyle, what about you? Um, you know, I don't have one in the traditional sense, but I would say that my feelings have changed so much about the entire record that the whole thing has grown on me. Like, truly, I cannot. I I was surprised. We we picked this record because we wanted to talk about something that we felt like a lot of people have listened to. It almost sold two million records. I think that fits that criteria. It surprised me how much I 
thoroughly enjoyed this record. So I am on the exact same page as you. I feel like the whole thing was kind of like, wait a minute. I mean, I, I know I rocked it all the time then. So it's not like I didn't like it, but for some reason I slept on it for 19 years. Or I slept something. on it then for a while and then came back to it. and was like, gosh, this is really good. Um, I really honestly think I remember thinking like how like they got too medley, but then I listened to this in the second record and I'm like, you know what? I think pain for pleasure rubbed off on me more and and left more of a lasting impression in my brain than was fair. Yeah. I think honestly that's what happened. Uh, it sounds crazy because I listened to the other one. I'm like, oh, this one has some singles too, and yeah, they kind of find more of a sound, and they definitely have. I think it was a third record that was like very much uh, more metally. Or am I wrong about that, Kyle? I, I think the third record remember. is Chuck, and it's it's uh, no, it, it, it's 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 a, not okay. It's a great punk record, man. So see, I need to listen to that now because now I'm kind of like I'm gonna go back through this stuff uh, for sure. Um, uh, well, I think that's it for us. Uh, if you are at all interested, you can go to our website, findingemailpod.com, and uh, you can also uh, check the show notes. Uh, we'll have a link to. We've got an email sign up list. If you are interested in hearing from us, we've got some stuff we're gonna try to work on. Uh, in the next few months. Sorry that it took us a while to get this episode out. Uh, we were very busy for the last month, uh, all of us. Um, it's crazy. crazy. The it's Batman movie crazy. came out. Yeah, we had uh, to see we had that. A, <laughs> we had a tweezer show. We had to see Reliant K last night. We had to Jimmy see Jimmy World. World and Dashboard Confessional last week. Yeah, It's been a busy little bit. And so uh, we'll get back on the normal track of releasing these every two weeks. Uh, as always, you can... Hit us up on all the social media at Finding Email Pod and chat with us and tell us what we're right and wrong about. We love to argue with you, or you can tell us we're right. We like that too. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. feels good, and it's nice. And so hit us up on all of those things. Other than that, we will catch you next time.